Welcome to the Art of Communicating Data Show, where every episode we try to improve how you communicate data, whether it's through data visualizations, reports, or presentations. Every episode will share tips and tricks from data experts and will leave you with actionable recommendations to improve your data communication skills. The goal is to help you grow in your data career by getting your work and you recognized through effective communication. I'm your host, Hannah, a geographer turned data professional and an introvert who loves public speaking. Let's get started. Imagine having a step-by-step roadmap to show you what is involved with creating effective data presentations. My name is Hannah, and I'm the founder of Trending Analytics, and I help people visualize and present data effectively. I want to give you my data presentation roadmap today. It's a simple step-by-step guide to all elements of an effective data presentation. This roadmap will give you a clear direction on how to prepare for your next data presentation, and it's absolutely free. To get my free data presentation roadmap, just go here, trendinganalytics.com roadmap. That's trending-analytics.com roadmap, and I'll have it in your inbox in just a few seconds. In today's episode, we have a guest, Mujahid Sayed. He is joining us on the show today. He is a business intelligence analyst at one of the leading analytics consulting companies here in the U.S. And he is also a former Tableau ambassador and currently serves as one of the co-leads for the Phoenix Tableau user group. So welcome, Mujahid. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, Hannah. Thanks for having me over. It's a pleasure to be on the show. I remember that when we when we first met, it was actually last year, almost a year ago, I think. And oh, yeah. you reached out. Did you hear about me through Clubhouse? Was that how you reached out? Yes. So I remember last year at a similar point, Clubhouse was like the new buzz and everyone was hosting these Clubhouse rooms. And I somehow stumbled upon your data wiz and presentation club. And I, I saw that you were hosting these Clubhouse rooms related to data presentation and data with and inviting uh, different guests as well. So I guess, yeah, that's how I came across you and then reached out to you via LinkedIn. I'm so glad that you did because we ended up co-hosting a really great session on Clubhouse on data literacy, yeah. I believe, with Ben Jones, the founder of yeah. dataliteracy.com. And it was a really great uh, conversation. So I'm really glad that you took the initiative. You mentioned that you're a business intelligence analyst. And I'm curious if you can share some of the different ways you've had to communicate your work to others and which ones you found that you do more often. So as a business intelligence analyst, it really depends on who I'm communicating with to decide what medium I'm going to be using. So, so far I've made use of both uh, reports, dashboards, both offline and the ones which are hosted on web as well. These are when I'm mostly communicating with the actual stakeholders of the data and the ones who have to make decisions using that data. But otherwise, I often need different kinds of slide decks or, uh, you know, PowerPoint templates when, you know, for the purpose of some kind of internal communication with my managers or internal teams to decide next steps on a certain project and how things are going when I sort of start to using slide decks or even Word docs. And for the remainder of the time, let's say there's an ongoing project and I need to do some kind of knowledge transfer to other analysts or new engineers joining us on the team. I prefer using a Google Doc or a Word Doc 
to properly articulate all the technical steps we've uh, done so far uh, in the project so that it's a lot easier for them to you know just go through that document and then if they have any questions they can always get back to me so i say i used i shared that both most often as the way of communicating with end stakeholders you mentioned dashboards is the main form of communication what's like the second more common form that you communicate your work with other it's a technical person i'm communicating with it's uh, mostly uh, list of steps well documented in, in the form of a, either a Word doc or a Google doc. But if it's a non-tech manager who just wants some updates on the current project, I prefer using uh, a slide deck because they won't really uh, need to know all of those. They would not prefer knowing right. all of those technical all the steps. Details. So yeah. exactly, yeah. So that's when I prefer using, and, and by slide deck, I mean, I just try to summarize everything within one or two slides. I just don't want them to go over I have made or 10 slides just for a quick update. So I try to summarize everything in the slide when I'm uh, trying to give uh, updates to my manager. Got it. What pain points have you noticed other business intelligence analysts experience when they're starting off in their first job when it comes to communication? And what advice would you give them? Well, so as a, as a business intelligence analyst, as someone who's just starting out, Oftentimes, I've noticed that people struggle with translating the requirements into what they need to create, like understanding what your stakeholders actually want to see. So you might face some difficulty initially when you're just starting off and understanding the requirements, to which I would say that, you know, do not be afraid to ask as questions as you want so that you have a, a very good understanding of what actually needs to be done. And then once you have that, if you have any other follow-up questions, just go back to them and do not hesitate to set up time to your stakeholders if you have further questions. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think, I remember, I don't know, this applies to business intelligence analysts as well, but I remember when I was an entry-level analyst, I would not only be communicating to my target stakeholders, but also to other folks who may be interested in the topic or my managers or my team members. And I would have trouble actually identifying who, keeping in mind who my target stakeholders are and making sure that my communication is like targeted to them and not everyone and diluting my message in the process. That's what I struggled with at the beginning. Yes, this happens a lot as well because once you're done, you've understood the requirements. Now you've uh, created some deliverable. How do you actually communicate it out, right? Who needs to see what? Right. Uh, yeah. Let's say when you're doing like a walkthrough of that board you've just created, it can be both tech and non-tech people on the call. So what I like to do is I start off by giving a general overview of what the dashboard is about. And then uh, once I'm done giving the overview, I ask people on the call, do we want to go into the more deeper implementation or in-depth technical details of how we build this? And then people generally are very open to, you know, sort of just telling on call if they prefer, uh, if they're actually interested in listening to the technical details or some people not, they just tell them, okay, I'm good here, I can drop off. So uh, you can always just be very transparent, even while giving demos and just ask people who wants to go into in-depth technical details or not, I guess. When you are delivering dashboards as a deliverable to your target stakeholders as like the final product, do you usually just like send send them the dashboard with instructions on how to use them? Or do you also like, like how do you, I guess, onboard these stakeholders in using the final product? That's a great question again. So usually I 
create dashboards, I try to include like on the upper right corner of the dashboard, oh, which the users can actually click. And then it's kind of like an exclamation mark or a question mark. It, it, you can basically make use of any item you want. When the users click on it, you get like an overlay on top of the dashboard. And then it has instructions on which element of the dashboard does what or, you know, gives you information about what. Then we can uh, obviously use, you know, uh, what I like to call those titles, which I guess, Hannah, you covered in one of your latest episodes. And just one more thing to add to that. So uh, while I do this, while I integrate this component of instructions or the help icon on my dashboards, I also prefer to give like a brief walkthrough of what the dashboard is about. And then whenever I do that, the stakeholders definitely record, make, make sure to record that and then share it out. Oh yeah, I've done that a few times and I find that it's so helpful to have that recorded because then it can be or distributed to other folks who are interested in using the dashboard. And it saves you a lot of time from having to do this demo or presentation over and over again to Absolutely. multiple people. It's like a, yeah, it, it's a great way. I think it's also, I found that these video or these screen recordings of walking through things like dashboards is actually a lot easier for people to follow than instructions. You can have written instructions as well that people can refer to as needed because it's easier to scan text than videos. But yeah, I find that really helpful for a lot of people to learn this way. So thank you for sharing all these useful tips when it comes to dashboarding and communicating to stakeholders. Can you tell us which data communication skills you are currently honing? Yeah. So right now, I guess since we're all in a remote or hybrid work environment, the biggest bit we're all facing is how to engage our audience, right? And I guess that's the communication skill I'm currently uh, working on honing as well, which is, you know, creating engaging virtual presentation deliverables. And I know, Hannah, you recently came out with a course exclusively focused on this. I did get the course subscription, but unfortunately didn't find time yet to com- go through it. No worries. But I'm, pretty <laughs> sure, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, your course would be like the perfect tool for anyone who's trying to hone the same communication skill. Well, thank you so much for that shout out. I, for those listening, I did not make Mujahid say this. <laughs> so thank you no, so much. Yeah. When we got introduced to each other last year, I remember at that time you were a TA for data visualization students at Arizona State University. What were some common areas you saw these college students struggle with when you were TAing? I feel like my time as a TA helped me learn a lot uh, myself when it comes to data visualization and communicating data because I was I was the end user for a lot of these data visualizations. So when I was presented with, you know, raw data visualizations, which all these students were creating, I noticed some of the key concepts which are uh, covered in all of these uh, great books like storytelling with data and so on, right? So I'll tell you what I noticed the most. Oftentimes I saw that uh, a lot of them struggle with providing enough context about visualizations. And to this, I would like to point back to your uh, discussion in one of your podcast episodes about using intuitive titles, about what the specific chart is about. And, you know, sometimes phrasing the title as a question itself, right? That might help give more context about a specific visualization. And then other than this, I also noticed that a lot of the students struggled with improper use of colors, which in turn resulted in an increased cognitive load on the viewer. 
I, I think in my early data visualizations, I made the same mistake. I kind of went crazy with the colors. Yes, and exactly. It's I, not I wanna, like, right? You want I, things I, to look pretty, right? Yeah, like we think that the color, the more colorful it is, the more complex and prettier it looks. It's also a lot easier for us to do because these tools have like all these different color palettes and they, they may not be the most effective ones yep. that they offer as options. So we may get carried easily carried away because it's so easy for us to change colors. <laughs> exactly. So when if someone is new to data visualization, Regardless of what tool they are learning or using, what advice do you have for them? And I think you kind of touched on this on the previous question, but let's say if someone's brand new, regardless if they're a student or not, what advice do you have for them? Right now, there is like a huge ocean of free data sets available online, right? There's Kaggle, there's Google data sets, there's data.world and, and you name it, right? So I would say that since there are plenty of data sets available online for free, Pick something which interests you and start creating with this. Uh, I know that, you know, me saying this is different from someone just going there and like picking up a data set and automatically just starting work, start starting to work on it, right? So I would say definitely, I would definitely say that, you know, take baby steps, start with one visualization. Uh, it, it could just be a simple bar chart or a simple line chart. So the most important thing which helps me is that uh, I leverage Twitter and LinkedIn a lot to share my work with the greater data with community or the greater Tableau community, which is fondly known as the data farm. The data farm is one of the most supportive communities out there, or in general, the data community is very welcoming. So I would say that please leverage uh, whatever work you do uh, with these three data sets, uh, please leverage platforms like uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, and Instagram nowadays to share them with the greater data or data with community. And do not be afraid to ask others for feedback. And Hannah, as you covered, the latest episode of your book. I would say that if you're someone who's uh, planning on giving feedback to these people who are starting out, or even if someone's experienced and they post a with and uh, you notice something in their will, I would say that please be considerate while doing so. And one of the things which you might want to do is send them a message and ask them if they're open to feedback and say that you uh, they've, uh, they've created a great will and noticed a couple of things and uh, you would like to give feedback. And if they're open to, then you can always give them feedback, right? For those who are interested in giving feedback, as Mujahid mentioned in episode 10 of this season, I do cover how to provide data viz feedback as well as how to ask for it. And yeah, there's tact involved on the safe side. It's always good to privately reach out to people. So yeah, thank you for mentioning that. And thank you also for mentioning about the data community, the data fam community on Twitter and LinkedIn. Because I found that if you are new to data viz, and some, some people learn differently and some people prefer to grow their skills differently. And one one type of people I've noticed is that you, you like to do things with a community or with other people. And so for some people who it may be easy to just get data sets from online, like you mentioned, and work on your own projects that are interesting to you. But sometimes some of us need extra motivation or support from the community. And what I like is when I joined social media is finding that community on Twitter with data fam, there are tons of, well, there's quite a few data challenges that people can participate in and it's really friendly for beginners. So I encourage for those who are listening and who are just learning how to use data visualization to look into some of these challenges. One of them is makeover Monday and there's other challenges as well that I've listed on my website that I can share and link it with the show notes with this podcast. And in addition to these, this community and the challenges that we talked about, 
you are also a co-lead for the Phoenix Tableau user group. Can you share with our audience members who may have never attended a user group meeting what goes on in these groups? So we are part of the uh, Phoenix Tableau user group. Right now, we're just meeting virtually. So we typically meet once a month to discuss a new Tableau product features, new tips and tricks, network with just the data farm in general, and much more from the Tableau world. And by the Tableau world, I mean that, you know, it's just not limited to data. Work. If you're interested in data prep, we do go over Tableau prep in some of our meetings. Nowadays, there's Tableau CRM, Salesforce, there's a lot going on within the Tableau world. We have our meetings, uh, past meetings that have been recorded available on Tableau's official YouTube channel as well. So go check them out and uh, that'll give like a basic idea of what goes on in a user group meeting. There are sessions from other user groups available as well on Tableau's uh, official YouTube channel. And like I said, we cover a lot of stuff, a lot, lot of stuff from the Tableau world in our user group meeting. So I will link in the show notes uh, to the YouTube channel that you mentioned, as well as a place. Is there like a website where people can look for Tableau yeah. user groups in the area? Okay. Yes, they can. I can definitely send that over to you and yeah. you can link it in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah, I'll link it in the show notes for those who are listening and interested in signing up. You can search for a user group in your area. If you are working with Tableau or interested, uh, then definitely check out these user groups. Thank you so much, Mujahid, for all this advice you've given us. I will link your social media handles for those who are interested in reaching out and connecting with Mujahid. Thanks for listening to The Art of Communicating Data. Please subscribe so you never miss out on any brand new episodes. And give us some love by dropping a five-star rating and a written review as it helps other data practitioners find us. And please share with a friend and show them how to subscribe. Thanks for listening and here's to improving your data communication.